So good evening, everyone. It's lekker to just uh, be in front of you just to share God's word this evening. Uh, so for those of you guys who don't know me, I'm Godfrey. I am one of the elders here at George Jane Staley's PM. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why it looks like all the elders, you know, there's a bit of a wegrapping, um, you know, as we would say in Afrikaans. Uh, so Leonard is uh, in Mecca actually at a pre-conference, so the 412 pre-conference. So they are busy just preparing a whole bunch of stuff uh, that will be happening. They are in different meetings from today until I think about Thursday. Um, and then they'll uh, just, yeah, just doing the prep work for us. Uh, so as the just conference starts on uh, Friday is the pastor's day. And then from Saturday to Monday is the actual conference. So it's going to be an amazing time. Um, it's really going to be exciting time. And, you know, we were just given a in a sense, an encouragement just to pray for, for the conference specifically. And I think it could be kind of cool, you know, before I start preaching, for us, you know, right now in this just building, just to pray for the conference for this week, whatever it is that is on your heart, you know, just to just for us as believers to just uh, yeah, really trust, you know, that God would move us forward as a church, um, as His kingdom, um, as a group of believers, that uh, there'll just be something special um, that will happen for this uh, for this week. I was just reminded that every single time, you know, when you look at the scriptures, especially in the book of Acts, you would see that when believers gather together, something special would happen. You know, that the Holy Spirit would come and He would make manifest His power, He would manifest His glory, and, uh, and we would see a whole bunch of stuff uh, just happening in that space. So can we just right now just, just trust God together, that God, would you just move, and would you do what you want to do this week as we gather together as believers? Is that okay? So wherever you are right now, in your own words, whether it's Afrikaans, whether it's Kosa, whether it's Isotu, um, you know, you're welcome to just use any language, um, and then I'll also just pray for us here just over the mic. Is that okay? But I think it will be like if all of us in here can just be praying whatever it is that God would lay on your heart. Is that good? Okay, let's, let's just pray together. Yeah, so Father, we just want to come before you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the conference this week. We thank you, Father, for believers, uh, Lord, that will be coming from all sorts of different places, Father, just to gather together and together around your name. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will be glorified, that you will be magnified. We pray Lord God, that you will be uh, just lifted high, God. And I pray, Father, just as your word says, that if you be lifted up, that you will draw all men unto you, God, that all men will be drawn unto you, God. I pray for just a greater revelation of Jesus uh, for this week, Lord. I pray that as we just gather, God, there will just be something special, Father, that manifests, Lord God, just with us as believers, as we worship you, God, as we gather together, regardless of what we'll be doing, as we fellowship with one another, God. I pray that it will be just a sweet time of fellowship and a sweet time, God of just seeing your presence, Father, just move and being made manifest in a way that we've never seen before. We honor you for this time, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Awesome stuff. Um, so I'll be speaking to us this evening about the calling of God that rests upon all of us. Um, and I know that as I just even put this title up, you know, like when I was just busy preparing my wife, when she asked, what are, you, what are you preaching about? And I said, I'm preaching about the calling of God that rests on every single believer that gathers in the church. You know, she was like, mm, that's quite interesting. You know, so I really pray that this will be a, a word um, that we won't just hear it and, and be like, oh, that was kind of cool to hear the scriptures and so forth. But I pray it will be one of those words that God will use to just simmer in your heart. And there will just be something of a settledness in God that we will all, as we move, 
move from here, from this place, and that I'll be settled, you know, just in the person of God, and that we will know that God has a plan for our lives, that we, as we gather here as believers, that we are God's strategy, that we are His plan, that we are His people that He wants to use to just uh, advance His kingdom here on the earth. You know, sometimes when you speak about advancing the kingdom of God, I know before I became an elder, and I would hear things like this, I would think, oh, it's nice, you know, advancing the kingdom of God, that's for elders, that's for leaders, that's for deacons, that's, you know, all the guys that kind of like has titles. Uh, But I've grown to believe even as a young believer to know that God has a calling on each and every single one one of our lives. And I think this is one of the things, you know, maybe in the context of the church that sometimes we don't think about it enough. You know, sometimes we gather here and we think, ah, it's fine. You know, the Godfrey's will preach and the, you know, Rulofs will be in the, in the worship team and, and all of these people, they will do it. But, but I want to say tonight that God has a plan with each and every single one of us that is here tonight. And I know this is, you know, somewhat of a, of a sensitive thing as well, that maybe there are some of us here that uh, maybe the circumstances of which you were born, or even just the way that you raised up, you know, that things were in such a way that you actually didn't believe that God would want to use someone like you. And I would say tonight that even you, regardless of your past, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what you've done, I want to say that if you are a believer in this house, that God has a special plan and a purpose for your life, and He wants to use you. So I remember when I was in varsity. So I grew up in a small family in the free state. And uh, when I got saved um, and when I I realized that God could actually do something about my life, I I thought to myself, what is the one occupation on this world or in this world that can give me the most money, the most status, the most respect? What is that one thing that when I go today back to my township where I grew up, that people would look at me and they would say, I want to be like that guy. And I figured being a lawyer, I know that Jonathan is, you know, is a, is a training lawyer. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, Andrew is also, he's, he's actually way, way further um, uh, in that, you know. So, so Jono, if you, if you need some notes, you know who to talk to. So, so in this whole thing, I thought to myself, if I want to make money, status, respect, all of these things, the one thing I need to do is I need to become a lawyer. So my whole life was set up, you know, in such a way that I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. So back at school, arguments-wise, wherever, you, you, you wouldn't get too far with me. I knew my stuff, and I knew how to argue. I knew how to corner people. I was very manipulative. I was a good liar as well, which I'm not proud, you know, to say. But, but all my whole life was kind of like geared to becoming a lawyer. And I remember... You know, when I got uh, just accepted at the university, I thought my dream is going to come true. And I, I saw my life. I saw articles and magazines. I saw newspapers, you know, that says from rigs to, to, from, you know, from rags to riches and all of these things, you know, from the shacks, you know, to the courts. I mean, every single thing in my mind was kind of like laid out. You know, this is who I was going to become until a moment came in my first year was doing well, you know, just life, living life and being with Jesus and going to church and all of these things. And then in my first year, my mother passed away. And for the first time in my life, I had an opportunity to think to myself, what is life really about? Why am I here? You know, just even thinking that uh, before I was born, that my mother had two other children and those children passed away. And that, you know, just uh, took me on this long kind of like trail with God to say, God, why am I here? You know, is there a purpose to this thing called life? 
Do you have a plan with my life or not? Why, why am I here? So it, it really took me on this beautiful journey, a hurtful but beautiful journey. And what it came down to is in my second year, and this was mind-boggling. So in my second year, first year come, all of those things happen. God takes me on this uh, uh, trail kind of like run of just discovering myself, you know, in Him. And then I passed my first year, you know, with flying colors, you know, to go to uh, uh, my second year. I have a full scholarship, and then I found out from God that this whole lawyer thing is not his plan, you know. So, so just imagine you are a second-year, first-generation student. You come from a very poor family. You are the guy that was ultimately going to take the family out of poverty. And now, all of a sudden, God says, I haven't called you to be a lawyer, but I've called you to minister to people, you know. And I remember the first time that I heard that, I looked at it, and I said, God, there is no way that I'm going to do this. I remember the word that God gave me was in Luke 4 verse 18 that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor, to open up the eyes of the blind, to release captives, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I looked at this thing, I was like, there is no way that this is me. My life wasn't lined up this way. I had other plans with my life. But God, in His faithfulness, I came to a place of saying, God, if this is you, would you please come and confirm it? Oh, my word, did God confirm it? I would find myself in random, like random, random church meetings of people who don't know me in places where I'm not known. And people would literally out of the crowd just pick me up and they would give me a word and say, Godfrey, as we look at you, you know, we, uh, I just, I'm just reminded of a word in Luke 4 verse 18. And then they would start like quoting the scripture. And I would just be like, ah, oh, man. You know, like, th this means I'm going to have to take this thing. But it drove me to a point where I realized, okay, this is what God wants to do with my life, and I need to relent. You know, God wants to use me. There is a, a greater plan that is far greater than what I could have thought for myself that God wants to do through my life. You know, and I came to a point of going to my family. It didn't go down well to say, hey, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to change my studies. Uh, and, 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 and with this whole thing, I feel like God actually wants me to work with people. You know, and my family looked at me and they said, bro, there is no money in working with people. And then I said, I know, you know, but God has the money, right? Um, so, so I, I, and, and I remember, guys, that this was, a, I'm joking about it now, but I remember just even thinking about this. This was probably the most toughest decision that I've ever had to make, you know, in my life. Because it, I, it, it felt like I had the weight of my whole family upon my shoulders. But here comes God, and he said, I am the one that created you. And this whole thing of being a lawyer, it's all good and all of that, but it's not part of my plan. I actually have a better plan for your life. And I had to just relent and say, God. Whatever you have for my life, you know, I will try just to the best of my ability to uh, just follow that. Um, and, and tonight, you know, as I, as I just continue with this preach, is I, was, I was just uh, looking at a specific scripture in Jeremiah 1 verse 4 to 10, and we will look at this scripture. Actually, we'll mainly just focus on verse 4 and verse 5. It's a very popular scripture that we all know where God comes and He reveals Himself to Jeremiah. And ultimately what God does in this scripture, He comes and He tells Jeremiah what His plan is with Jeremiah's life. And I know that primarily, I know theologically, I know we have a lot of theologians in here, Theologically, I know this was a prophetic word or a word primarily for Jeremiah, but I really truly believe that there's something that we can glean in these scriptures. There's something that we can look at and we can learn about the character and the nature of God and something that we can take to apply in our lives today. So, Sean, if you can just pull it up and then I'll, I'll read for us. So it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I'm just going to read it again. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I was just thinking to myself, I mean, imagine you are at home just going about your day and just doing your own thing. Or maybe at the time you're having a quiet time, you know, busy praying, you're busy uh, spending time with God. And, and out of the blue, this voice just comes in your room and it gives you this word to say before you were formed. You know, as it says there, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You know, I was just trying to figure uh, just out that if I was Jeremiah, I wonder what are the, the different things that, 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 that would just be going on in my mind at that moment. Because we see here that this is actually a life-defining moment for Jeremiah. God is actually giving him a calling that is tough, you know, because God is calling him to be a physical prophet. And, and this would mean that he would have to go and say people, you know, and, and tell them things that God is revealing to him. And, 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 and we all know when we go through the book of Jeremiah that some of the stuff that God would say Jeremiah should tell the people were not easy stuff. It was really difficult, difficult stuff. So this was not, this was not an, an easy calling in a sense or an easy thing to say, okay, I'm calling you to this thing and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. You know, you're going to change the world or anything like that. But this was God actually telling Jeremiah, I want you to be brave because some of the stuff that I'm going to tell you to tell and to, to stand in front of people are not going to be easy. But as we read through that scripture, we see how God actually gives him a promise to say, I will be with you. So I just wanted to look at four things that I believe this evening that we can learn in the scripture. The first one, you know, it says, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So we see that God says, before Jeremiah, the calling that I have on your life, I just want you to know that I knew you, that I deeply knew you as a person. Before you were formed, before you actually set your foot on this ground, I knew who you were. And this is true to everyone, every single one of us that are here tonight. I want you to know that God deeply, deeply knows you. And I know that sometimes we go through these moments in our lives where we feel like, you know, worthless or moments where we feel, you know, that we're not cherished or moments where based on our circumstances, we feel like there's no significance towards our life. But, but just, just remind yourself, you know, that tonight that imagine the God, the creator of the universe, you know, would say that I know you, I know you. So, so we were created actually from a place of intimacy, from a place of nearness and closeness with God. It wasn't just a thing or there's a mistake that happened, you know, or two people just came together and made a child. But it was actually, God says, I knew you before you even, you know, stepped your foot on this ground. Before your mother and your father actually knew of your name, before they would knew that it would have you as their child, I knew you. And there's so many moments in my life where I need to remind myself, even as an, as an elder, as a leader of a church, there's so many moments where I need to remind myself, you know what, God knows me. Because there are moments in my life where I feel a bit lonely, or moments in my life where I feel like I'm alone, or, you know, just all of these feelings and things that happen sometimes where I just need to remind myself, you know, that God says He knows me. And in Psalm 139 verse 1 to 4, it's actually beautiful how David I just puts it, he says, Oh Lord, 
You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. I mean, we, we, we serve a God even today that is up close and personal, a God who is intimate. And I want to say even in those moments where you are going through stuff, whether it's work, whether it's personal things, or, you know, whether circumstances are not the, the greatest, I want, to know, I want to say that even in those moments, God is up close and He's personal. And it's not the first time that he's up close and personal. Before you were even formed, he was up close and he was personal and he knew you. And then the second thing that I would like to just highlight out of this scripture is, you know, it's the, God is the one that forms us. And the way that he forms us is not a, a you know, I grew up in, a, in, 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 and for anyone who comes from a black family, you would know this. You know, I grew up in a family where um, in our culture or traditions, we have what we call umgiti. You know, and umgiti is basically just a festival where in the family sometimes we'd feel like, hey, we just want to celebrate. Uh, we don't actually need a, a reason to celebrate, but we're all going to just come together and we're just going to celebrate, you know, and just dance and sing and, and just see each other and fellowship, you know, and, uh, you know, just do all, all bunch of stuff. And what would happen with this umgiti is there's, you know, special food that actually get prepared. But uh, if you come from our family, you would know that this food is just, a, you know, it's like a, 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 a just clap alles by makar what you can. You know, it's like whatever you can is just, you know, just, just put everything together, you know, just so that we can gather together, eat and have fellowship. So it shows that the food is actually not the, the most important thing. You know, the most important thing is the fellowship, you know. But, but I'm so, you know, just glad that God, in the way that He made us, you and I, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a design-like. He made us skillfully, made us intentional. Every single part of us, when God was busy making us, it wasn't a, just a haphazard thing where I just need to, you know, finish up quickly and go move on to the next person. He took His time to put you together because He was designing you for a specific purpose. There was something as God was busy making, there were thoughts that he had over your life. So, so the way that he designed you, the way that he put you together, your personality, your character, who you would become one day, all of those things, those quirky stuff sometimes of us that we don't like, all of those things were placed there by God for a specific purpose. And I know that for some of us, you know, there's, there's areas of our lives that we look at and, and, and we think, man, I, I, I like this part of who I am, but this part not so much. You know, and God in His humor sometimes just makes us a certain way because He knows what it is that He is preparing us for on the earth. And again, just looking at David in Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16, it's almost poetic as he describes this purpose of us being formed skillfully, intentionally in God. And he says it the following. He said, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I mean, just, just hear that language. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Integrately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. 
And in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, as yet there was none of them. I mean, how beautiful is that? Like, can you pick up the language of just being knitted together, of being formed skillfully, every single part of us just being put in place for a specific purpose that God would, uh, um, would, uh, yeah, would make us one day. And uh, I had the privilege uh, a couple of months ago to um, go to London, um, and on the days that I was there, I just kind of like took the, it's almost like the equivalent of the red bus that we have here in Cape Town, because I just wanted to like look at the city and, and, and just to see how it was, and one of the, you know, places uh, that I went to or the buildings that I saw that absolutely just blew my mind is a, a building called the Westminster Abbey, you know, and you would see that even right now when the, when the king uh, with the coronation, when he was a confirmed king, that this, this is one of the places actually where he was blessed and where he was anointed to be the new reigning king. And I just want to show you a couple of pictures. I know I'm not, I don't have the greatest uh, photography skills, uh, but hopefully you'll be able to just see um, how it is. So it's a massive building to start off with. And you would see that there's so much detail, you know, that went into this building. You, you can just uh, go on to the other photos. I mean, you can look at every single window, every single corner of that building. I mean, it is massive. When you're standing in front of it, it's massive, massive, massive. And the beauty of it is when you're on the bus, it's almost like you see it in a different light. When you're on a boat, you also see it in a way different light. When you're walking on foot, you know, you see all of these details and all of these intricacies of this building. And I was just thinking to myself, I wonder who are the designers that designed this building? I wonder who are the people that sat down and had a vision of what this building would be and what it would be wanted, the kind of purpose that this, this building uh, would, 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 uh, uh, would play in the, in the future. Um, and I think in the same way, you know, as we see this beautiful building that has just been designed and put together so beautifully, it's actually, I mean, this is actually a lousy example, actually, of who we are and how God has put us together. So I'm going to say that you're not just an idea. You're not just a blob. You're not just here just because, you know, it's a coincidence. You had to be here. But you are here because God, you know, in His, in his wisdom, God, in His understanding, in His counsel, He knew what it is that He wanted to do in Stellenbosch in this season of our lives. And in that season, He said, I want a Nikki, you know, to be there. You know, like I want the Cornet to be part of that mix. I want the Deborah to be part of that mix. I want the Rinas and the Martelis to be part of that mix. You know, so the way that we've been put together is actually to be able to be here and to advance the kingdom of God in the way that He wants us to advance. Um, to advance. So He formed us skillfully and intentionally. Um, and then as we look at the scripture again, you know, the third thing that we see is God consecrated us. It says there, I just want to read it again in Jeremiah. It says, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. And that word consecrated, I know it can be kind of like a big, you know, Christian word. Um, and as we read about it, we might wonder, like, what does that even mean? You know, to say that God consecrates us, you know. So this word consecration just means that you are sanctified or dedicated prepared, appointed, or purified for a specific purpose. And just because I'm not a very clever guy to simplify it for myself, I simply just say, said to make clean for the purpose of using for special purpose. For me, that's what consecration means. To make clean for the purpose of using for special purposes. 
And I'm gonna, just going to take you through a memory lane. I, don't know, I know some of you guys might be a bit young, and I'm not going to reveal my age right now. But I know that some of us, you know, might be young to remember this. Uh, maybe, uh, uh, let me not single people out. Maybe the senior, you know, people in the room would remember this. You know, I, I'm not going to name names because people are going to be offended. Eh? So the, the, the senior people remember this. Um, so when I grew up in my, in my grandmother's house, right, there was this room, okay? This room was, it, regardless of how dirty the other rooms might be, I mean, the kitchen could have dishes like heaped up, you know, I mean, the pots could be, you know, just dirty and all of that. I mean, the bedrooms could be all messed up and, and all of that, but there was this one living room in our house, in my grandmother's house to be specific. You know, that was, it doesn't matter what time of the day it was, this room was always speak and span. I mean, it was always clean, like to the T. And, and as a child, you would dare not go play in that room because that room has been made for special purposes. And in that room, you would, you would get like special, I don't know if it was China or what it was, but you would get special mugs you know, and special plates and special, you know, just cutlery and all of these things, crockery. And these things wouldn't be used. Like at every single, I mean, it doesn't matter what happens at home, it wouldn't be used except for one purpose. When the pastor or the duomini comes, you know, then, you know, like we use this room, you know, because it's a special, special room that has been prepared just for that purpose. I mean, it has been cleaned up. It's been purified so that when the duomini comes, you know, we should quickly get him into this room. Okay, you shouldn't see all the other rooms. And, 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 and I know it's a, it's, a, it's a funny thing, but for me, when I think about this idea of just being clean, of being purified, of being consecrated, you know, I think, you know, this is what God does when we come to salvation, actually. You know, but the beauty of salvation is God doesn't just come to go clean up that one room. He actually comes and He does a complete job of consecrating us, of purifying us, of, of, of just making us holy, just like He is holy. And this thing is not so that we may, you know, become the smartest people or, or the cleverest people or, or, or for our sake, but it's actually because there is, a, there is a special purpose that God has for us. And in order for us to walk in these things, God wants us to be holy. He wants wants us to be a people that are clean and a people that are purified for His purposes. And uh, we see this idea in Colossians 3 verse 5 to 14, which is kind of a, 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 a long one to read, but I'm, I'm just going to read it anyway. I think it will be helpful for us. So it says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, of, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Then it says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above, uh, and above, all, uh, above all these, 
put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So I know this is a kind of, kind of a mouthful, but essentially what he's just saying is when we come to salvation, there are things that we have to take off, right? And there are things, you know, in Christ that we have to pull in. And us putting those things on, it's for God to be able to use us. I really believe, and I've seen this in my life, that God has a desire to use us in ways that are immeasurable or, or in ways that we can't even think, you know, in, in our lives. But some of the, you know, just things that hinders God from using that thing, sometimes it's sin in our lives. You know, sometimes it's us giving ourselves to stuff that we shouldn't give ourselves to. And because of those things, you know, God, it's almost like He refrains from using us. It's like He can't use us. Not that He doesn't want to. He, he wants it with every single thing in Him. But because we are not at the place and we're not, you know, just a, a, a purified to be able to carry out what He wants us to, to, to carry out, He is unable to use us. And I, and I want to read this verse in 2 Timothy 2 verse 21 that says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Just like that fine china in my grandmother's house. You know, ready for every good work. So God wants us to be of those vessels that are honorable so that he may be able to use us. Now, I think if we are honest with ourselves, you know, some of us can sit here tonight, and as we reflect, you know, we can see areas in our lives where we should have been much, much further. You know, we see areas of our lives where we should have actually grown so much, you know, in God. You know, there's things that God would have, by now, you know, he, want, he would have wanted us to, to be much, much, much further in the gifts that he has put in us. But because, you know, we're not in a place where, you know, we are vessels that are ready to be used by God, he's unable to do this. But I want to say, even tonight, I truly believe that God wants to come. And if there's anything in us that doesn't look like him, he wants to come once again, purify those things so that he may be able to use us as he wants to use us. And then lastly, as I just try to land this thing, is we see in the scripture that God is actually the one that appoints us. That we don't appoint ourselves. He, says, I, he said to Jeremiah that I have appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And just like Jeremiah had a calling of being a prophet to the nations, I truly believe that so do we also have callings and purposes that God actually wants us to carry out. Maybe it's not being a prophet, maybe it's not being a pastor, you know, but it's being maybe an accountant or a lawyer or wherever God has placed you in the season of your life. But in that space for you to open yourself up to say, God, how have you you appointed me in this space to be a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, so Ephesians 2 verse 10, which is one of my favorite um, scriptures, says the following, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm just going to read it again. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, before we were born, that we should walk in them. So this means that there are things that God has planned for each and every single one of our lives. There are things that God is, is literally waiting for you to carry those things out, for you to walk in those things. You know, and it's beautiful to say that we are His workmanship. Again, going back to that, you know, thing of being a desire, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So He's put us together so that we may be able to carry out His will and to carry out 
His purposes. So I want to just read a story uh, for you guys because I know if I'm going to try to tell it, I'm going um, to butcher it. And I think it's not going to have the, the, the effect uh, that, that, uh, that I would like for it to, to, to have. But some of you have probably heard uh, this, uh, uh, this story, but it reads as follows. Years ago, the early part of the last century, a man's car broke down on the side of the road. He was out working on the car, unsuccessfully trying to get it started when another man stopped to help. The second gentleman looked at the engine, worked on it for just a minute, and told the first man to start it up. The car immediately started with no problem. The owner of the car asked his helper, how did you fix the car so quickly, and how did you know what it needed? The man answered, I am Henry Ford. I built the car. I know what makes it work. I mean, just imagine if, if this was God. You know, just put yourself in, a, in, just in that space for just a moment to say, what if at this stage of your life or in this season of your life, you know, sometimes we find a place or we find ourselves in a place where it feels like parts of who we are or parts of our lives are broken. You know, and, and, and as these parts are broken, we try everything in our means you know, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, uh, we try to make things work and we try to fix these things. While God comes, you know, and, and He works on, on those parts of us that feels like, man, this thing is not working as it should. It's not starting up, you know. And He comes and He, by His grace, by His mercy and His wisdom, He fixes up all of these parts um, that, uh, that we're struggling with. And, and, and I think that the, the same words that Henry Ford used, you know, he said, I built the car. I know what makes it work. I think, you know, God is saying that to each and every one of us, that I built you, and I know how you must work. I built you. I know what are the dreams and what are the plans that I have for your life. But here's the thing. Are we going to allow God to come and to come and fix so that this car, so that this calling thing can work the way it should? Or are we going to continue to sometimes, you know, just uh, in our own way and in our own kind of like strength, in our own wisdom, try to make these things work? So as I finish off this message tonight is just very plainly, I truly believe that each and every single one of us here, as we are seated here, that there's a special plan of God that rests upon your life. That is, there is a calling that each and every single one of us need to take a hold of. And we need, you know, to ask God, God, what is this thing that you put me together for in this season of my life? I'm not here just to be a worker or just to be a student or just to be a husband or just to be a, you know, yes, all of those things are good and they are part of God's plan. But I want to say, man, there is a, a greater purpose why all of us are here tonight in this season of our lives, a part of this church. There's a reason why you're here on this earth. There's something that God would want you specifically and personally to carry out. And you need to open yourself up for God to use you in the way that He would want to use you. So I'm going to ask, you know, just where we are, can we just for a moment just close our eyes? So I want to kind of like just... Um, speak to three kinds of people that I felt as I was just praying that God highlighted um, just for this word. So I felt like there are people who, you know, maybe you've experienced a bit of hurt and a bit of doubt, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes you find yourself in a place where you even, 
you know, just asking yourself, but God, do you even love me? You know, maybe you're in a space where for a long time you, you haven't experienced the love of God. Or maybe you haven't even in your life ever experienced the love of God. And I truly believe that tonight God just wants to come and He wants to again just come and reveal Himself to you personally. And He would just wants again to come and show you just how much He loves you personally. I think sometimes we are so good in knowing that, yes, God loves people. You know, God loves my friend or He loves my family or He loves, you know, these other people. But, but sometimes we find it very difficult to believe that God loves me personally. So, first of all, I just want to say, if that is you tonight, would you just, uh, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot, all eyes closed here. You know, I'm not going to call you up front or anything like that. I just simply want to pray with you tonight. So, if that is you tonight, that you're saying, Godfrey, I, I don't know if, you know, I even just believe that God loves me personally. Um, you know, if that is you tonight, that's maybe in a place where you're doubting His love and all of that, would you just slip your hand up? I would love to just pray for you and just trust with you that God would just come and that He would reveal His love for you. Thank you for those hands that are up. And I know that especially for, for some of us that maybe um, have been, you know, in this whole relationship with God for a long time, you know, sometimes we forget Sometimes we get so in the rut of just serving and just doing the things and going through the motions that we forget that there is a God who loves us. And sometimes we find ourselves in a space where we're just serving, 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 and we're finding our belonging and our love and our acceptance in those things. But God is saying that I am the source, you know, of your life. I want to remind you once again that before I formed you, I knew you. So I want to pray with those people right now. So Father, you know the hands, Lord God, that have been lifted up right now. God, and I pray, Father, just once again for just a greater revelation of your love. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, would you come in, Lord, just your, your, your presence, Lord, in your splendor, in your glory. I just pray, would you come in, in, a, in a very personal, Lord, in a very specific way. Would you reveal yourself, Lord God, to those people that have raised their hands tonight? Lord, I pray that even as I go into this new week, Lord God, would there just be circumstances, Lord God, and things, Lord God, that, that happens, Lord God, that reminds them again, Father, just of your personal love for, for each and every single one of them. I pray, God, would you draw them, Lord God, just into intimacy tonight, God. I pray, would you remind them again, Father, just how you love them, Father, personally, Lord God, and specifically, I pray, would you remind them even of areas of their lives, God, where you've encountered them before, God, and for those who haven't encountered you, before God, I pray, would you just come and reveal yourself in, a, in an amazing and incredible way, God. I pray, would you reveal your love, your grace, and your mercy, Father, just in a very personal and a very specific way. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we trust you for this tonight. We trust you for this. And then the second group of people that I just want to speak to is, um, I mean, you might be sitting here tonight and you might be saying, Godfrey, it's all good that you... You know, saying that God, you know, has a calling for me and that there's stuff that God would want to carry out through my life. But it, it feels like I don't know what that is. You know, like I don't even know what is the calling of God that, that is resting on me right now. Or, or maybe I've tried, you know, to make this thing work by myself and I've tried many, many other things. And it feels like something, uh, you know, it, it's not working. 
You know, there's just something that's, that's not in the place where, as it should be. Um, and I believe tonight that God would want to come and He would want to reveal Himself to you. Just the same way that He revealed Himself to me um, in 20, you know, whatever that, 2012, um, and, and just conferred His calling upon me. I believe the same way God wants to come and do for you as well tonight. So if that is you tonight, that you're saying, man, I am struggling, or I don't even believe that God would want to use someone like me. And tonight, I just want God to just, again, reveal Himself and reveal who I am in Him and how He wants to use me. Would you just, if that is you, just uh, uh, slip your hand up. I would love to just pray for you, just specifically with that. Yeah, thank you for those hands. Yeah. So Father, we thank you that your word, Lord, tonight as we looked at it, says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, Lord, that you have prepared in advance for us to walk in. And I pray, Father, specifically for those people that have raised their hands. God, I pray, Lord, would you meet them, Father, just in a place where they are. And I pray, would you just reveal, God, just the way that you've put them together. I pray, Father, would you just come and, Lord, just confirm your calling, Father, just upon their lives tonight. I pray, would you just open their eyes, Father, to your purpose, God. Would you uh, open their eyes, Father, to the calling, Father, that you have, Father, for their lives. Just like you revealed this to Jeremiah. Just like you revealed this, Lord God, to so many other people, Lord God, in the Scriptures, Father. Just like you revealed it to Paul, just like you revealed it to Peter, just like you revealed it to the apostles, God, I pray, would you reveal, Father, just this thing, Father, Lord, to us, Lord, as your people, God, Lord, we want to be used by you, God, we have a desire, God, to turn this world upside down, Father, for your kingdom, to advance, Lord God, your kingdom, God, and I pray in the name of Jesus, would you come and would you show us, God, would you show us, Lord God, what it is that you want to do through us, God? I pray in the name of Jesus, would you give us just once again a sense of purpose, God, whether we in a, we find ourselves, Lord God, in a job, Lord God, where we, we don't know, God, how you want to use us in that space, Lord God, or even what we're studying at the moment, we don't know how you want to use it. I pray, Father, would you take us on a journey, God, where you just reveal these things to us, God, because we want to honor you with our lives, God. We want to give ourselves to you, God. We really, with everything in us, God, we want to be used by you, God. And I pray, Father, would you come and reveal your calling and your purpose upon our lives in the name of Jesus. And then lastly, just as we just continue to close our eyes, I just want to give an opportunity to people um, in here, maybe who don't know Jesus. You know, maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, Godfrey, um, you started this thing off by saying that we were created and formed by God. Um, and, and, and that all sounds amazing and all of that. And He knows me. He loves me, you know, deeply. Maybe you're here and you're saying that I have a desire just to know that God for myself personally, that I haven't tasted, you know, what it feels like to be in a relationship with Jesus. And tonight, I just want to make things right with the Lord. And I want to give my heart, you know, to Jesus. If that is you tonight, would you just, where you are right now, I'm not going to call you up or to make you stand or anything like that. But would you just, just slightly, just, just raise your hand and I would love to just pray with you, uh, with, yeah, just with regards to that specifically. don't have to be ashamed or be embarrassed or anything like that and you can just simply just where you are right now slip your hands up because the bible teaches us that god for god so loved the world that he sent his one and only son jesus christ to die so that he, they who may believe in him 
will not perish but have eternal life. It's God's heart and it's His desire that you would come to a knowledge of who He is tonight. So I just once again want to give you that opportunity that if this is you and you feel like God is just knocking, you know, at the door of your heart tonight, would you just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray with you. And if there's no one else, I'll just uh, then continue to pray and close for us in prayer.